We're going to switch it up and bring Ken Rosenthal onto the show in just a couple minutes on FT to get right to it. We'll hit him on the Jose Altuve extension. It's Braun Pierzynski and Kratz with you today. 50 days until opening day. That's it? 50. Gosh, it seems farther away than that. There's still a lot of players that aren't signed. I mean, that's what's crazy. Do you feel bad for them or not? I mean, you're probably going to get different answers. You do, Kratz? Really? You're going to feel bad for someone like Blake Snell or Jordan Montgomery when you know they're eventually going to get signed and make their millions. It's not fun, the process they're going through, but clearly their mastermind has a plan in place. You asked Kratz. You didn't ask AJ. I don't run in the circles of the $300 million players. I had a dude text me yesterday. He's like, when are people going to start signing? He's kind of like a fringe. He had a decent year, maybe big league deal, maybe just a big league invite. He's like, I I can't like, I need to get a job like this. This affects more than just the Blake Snell. Blake Snell is fine. Cody Bellinger, fine. Jordan Montgomery, he probably is super excited. He has to go to, go to spring training early. But for the other guys, for the other hundred or so free agents that are still out there, this is starting to get to nut cutting time. Yeah. I mean, it's not the big guys that are no. affected. They're going to get theirs. It's the, it's the, the wee losses. You can still signed. sign minor league deals right now. I mean, yeah, but, Josh Harrison uh, signed a minor league deal with the Reds. Okay. I mean, Josh Harrison. But who That's are you concerned nice about? You know, Whit Merrifield. Yes. The majority of guys. But Isaiah Collins left the sign. favorite player. Whit Merrifield's better than IKF. IKF signed. They chose him for some reason, and Whit hasn't signed. So I don't think it's like certain players are being targeted. If that makes sense, I think it's just kind of a mixing well, then, and matching is your, of. Is it his agent? Is his agent's fault? I don't know. Let's get to Ken Rosendahl right now, and we'll kick it up. I mean, let let's start here, and then we'll get to Altuve. Ken, anything you're hearing? about the next layer of free agents as we charge them out here, not the Boris, whatever the number is that he has right now that he's holding hostage from the rest of the league, but the next tier, yeah, a guy like Whit Merrifield, good example. There are other players like him that have signed, but what's the holdup? Whit Merrifield, Tommy Pham, Jorge Soler, you can go down the list. There are a number of players still out there. And this is the process that takes place every year. Every year you do see some players get caught without a good deal or perhaps forced out of the game. It's not unusual in that sense. What is unusual, in my opinion, is that this is going on so long with so many players, as Eric indicated. And guys, I'm not convinced that all of the Boris clients are going to get their money, or at least the money that they wanted. And that's really what we're talking about here. Is Blake Snell going to be a $250 million guy? Is he even going to be a $200 million guy? Jordan Montgomery... Cody Bellinger, right down the list, Matt Chapman, even J.D. Martinez. The longer this goes on, the more you wonder. Now, there are still teams that have money to spend. And I'm thinking of the Giants and the Cubs and the Angels, the Blue Jays perhaps, maybe the Rangers if they can get some clarity on their local TV revenue beyond this year or they feel better about it. I think they have relative clarity. I don't know that that's going to happen with them, but – while there are teams still out there, I do wonder how this is going to go for all of the Boris clients as well. And MLBTradeRumors.com had an interesting story, I believe it was last week, pointing out that Boris has done this in the past, of course. 
some of the players have not done as well, some of his clients have not done as well as their projections indicated. Now, maybe their projections were high in some cases. Some of those players, I can remember Moustakis and Keiko, got bigger deals in subsequent years. But this has to be a concern. Some camps open this week. The Dodgers on Friday, the Padres on Sunday, everyone else next week, or end of next week. If you're a guy sitting out there and you still are not comfortable with where the money is, it's a concern, yes. This question came up from, for me when I was thinking about extensions that I wanted to ask you. But first, I want to ask about the free agent part. Is this a player-slash-agent-driven thing? And I'm talking overarching. Or is this a ownership-driven thing where it's the, the cheapness of the owners? It's probably a little of both in some cases. In some cases, agents do miscalculate. And in some cases, the owners are not willing to spend on certain types of players the way they have in the past, and that you see with mostly older players in particular. And it's simply a matter of the game skewing younger as well, right, guys? You look at rosters each year, and young players are coming quicker, and they're staying in a way that they didn't when you guys were playing. It's definitely different than it used to be in that regard. So I don't know that I want to put one side to blame over the other. And even in the case of Boris, I think AJ said he's holding the guys hostage or holding the teams hostage, or Scott said that, I don't remember. But that's not entirely true either. Because if he is asking for a certain amount and can't get what he wants and ultimately does get what he wants, well, then maybe the teams weren't bidding as high as they should. So it's always a two-way street. But certainly Boris, over the years, historically, has not been afraid to do this whether he succeeds with all of his guys, the way that a lot of people envision, and that remains to be seen. Hey, don't you put that on me, Ricky Bobby, okay? Don't put that Yeah, that on was me. Scott. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, how many of these guys are going to have to take, like, one-year deals, do you think? Like, the, the Boris guys, Chapman, Bellinger. Bellinger did it last year. He was expecting to get a huge payday. It hadn't come to fruition yet. I mean, a Blake Snell, would he take a one-year kind of parachute deal, Matt Chapman, Jordan Montgomery, would these guys take a one-year deal? I still doubt it because of the teams that I listed that still have things to do. And granted, not all of them are going to be interested in every one of these players, but there are specific pockets that they might want to address with their team. I don't know if all of them or any of them will take one-year deals. I should put it that way. But I'll say this, AJ, I'd be surprised at this point if all four of the big guys, Chapman, Bellinger, Snell, Montgomery, got the deals that we all thought they were going to get. Now, injuries can happen. That's kind of how the Dodge, uh, the Astros got to Josh Hader, right? But I just have a hard time, and maybe I'm wrong, and maybe I'm under, underestimating Boris. I've done it before. But I have a hard time seeing how all four of these guys are going to get monster multi-years. And if one of them ends up with a one-year pillow-type deal, try again next year, that wouldn't shock me. All right, so we don't ever have to talk about free agents if teams just lock their players up with extensions. And Jose Altuve got another very nice extension. I wish you kind of explain his extension, but what I want to know is, does this extension happen regardless of them making the hater trade? I mean, the hater signing, because I said it was, it was out of ordinary, and if you go and do that, it kind of shows, hey, we're still trying to win here. And Jose's like, okay, I'll sign on too. I believe it happens regardless, Eric. 
to me, the two most predictable things of the offseason were Jose Altuve signing this extension and one that likely will come, Zach Wheeler signing an extension with the Phillies. To me, both of those are simply going to happen. One of them already has. Altuve, yes, I'm sure he's worried about the future of the team, but he also is quite comfortable in Houston. He is beloved in Houston in a way that he isn't in other cities, and he appreciates Everything he has been through with this organization, how they took a chance on him, how they gave him two contracts previously, how he has become the face of that franchise. So that, to me, was what was the driving force here. And some people might say, hmm, $25 million a year for Jose Altuve, that's actually not a bad deal. Keep in mind, he's going to play, not this season, but the next one, what would have been his first free agent year, at 34. So was he getting $125 million at age 34 as a middle infielder? I'm not sure. To me, it's a fair deal. It's a good deal. It acknowledges everything he has meant to that franchise and everything he will mean to that franchise. At the same time, I totally expected this was going to happen. Maybe not this early. Maybe I thought later in spring, but Altuve with the Astros, that was inevitable. What you just said is the thing I love. It's a fair deal. Why can't we just get fair deals for everybody? Hmm. Why, why, why? That's the thing. Like He wanted to stay in Houston. Houston wants him to stay there. Can't we just get a fair deal and also acknowledge, like you said, what he did? Acknowledge what he's already done. And, yeah, they might overpay him the last year of his contract or whatever, but this guy hasn't slowed down a whole lot, so it's a fair deal. We, I just believe we need more of that. Everybody's looking to save a buck here or there or, or get too much you know, as free agents or whatever it is, But and I'm all for players getting their money, but at the end of the day, can't we just all get fair deals? AJ, fair is in the eye of the beholder, right? And an agent might see one deal as fair and a club might say that's ridiculous and vice versa. So we judge these things. We talk about these things and some are perceived as fairer than others. I would guess based on some of his comments today that Scott Boris believes Jose Altuve could have gotten more as a free agent. I'm not convinced that's the case, but everyone is going to have their opinions. And again, what's a fair deal in many cases? Is the Shohei Otani deal a fair deal? I don't know. It's kind of an unusual precedent-setting deal. I don't know that we can call it fair or not fair. So I understand what you're saying, and certainly you'd want the players and the clubs to be reasonable and fair with each other. That's obviously the hope, not just for players and clubs, but for everyone working in this country and others. But sometimes it happens that way, and in an open market situation, sometimes it doesn't, and that's just the way the game is run. From that extension to another one with Bobby Witt Jr., your article talked a little bit about feasibility, how it's the third smallest market. Where is that range of feasibility? Where, where is that, I mean, 287, possibly $374 million? Where do you feel like that range is for teams? And I get it, the Dodgers are going to be a larger range, but if KC can do this here, are all the teams in the same range able to do it? It's a good question, Eric. And the way I wrote it is that, in my opinion, I feel at least one of these contracts is capable for every team. And I listed how, in the last three years, most teams in low-revenue positions have signed at least one player to such a deal. Now, three years ago, when Tatis signed with the Padres, I wrote an article saying, this is great in many ways, but I kind of question, can the Padres sustain this and can they do it? It's kind of since been proven that one contract like this is not oppressive. And it would seem to me 
that Kansas City is going to be able to move forward just fine with this. Now, there is the question always for the Padres, as it turned out, because they signed more monster contracts, and it could be for the Royals down the line too, and other teams. Will these teams be able to carry the payrolls that you would want? You would think that the answer is yes. The game's economics are always fluid and always changing, but generally speaking, these teams don't sign these deals unless they believe they can afford them. Now, the Padres are a little bit of an exception because they've had to retrench now with some of their bigger deals and cut their payroll, but one deal like this for the Royals, one deal like this for any low-revenue team you might want to mention, that to me seems well within reach. Hey, Ken, I wanted to ask you about some back and forth that I've had with fans lately about the Brewers. And you, of course, get the complaints that the Brewers are a smaller market team, so it sucks for them. They can't keep someone like Corbin Burns. And I was disagreeing and going back and forth with Kratz yesterday. I'm like, no, they can. They often have to go early. That's the risk they have to take. Jackson Churio, you haven't stepped foot in the bigs. Here's a contract. Freddie Peralta, haven't really done much yet. Here's a contract. Even though Corbin Burns kind of had a weird start to his career and then there was COVID um, that season coming up, they could have, a year in, thrown a contract his way. $50 million to someone that age that hasn't proven anything? Probably he says yes, and he was not a Boris client back then. That's right. He was not. And you're right, Scott. They certainly had that option then. It was free to them. My feeling is in the present situation with Boris there and one year away from free agency, they were never going to sign him. If they offered him 300, for instance, Boris probably would have thought, well, that's the floor for the open market. Here we go. At the same time, yes, early in his career, if they had identified him, had identified him in that sense, he was represented by CAA then, perhaps an extension would have been possible. And the same would hold true for any player that they have. And they've done it with a couple of guys. They've done it with Peralta. They've done it with Churio, as you've mentioned. So teams do have that option. And it benefits them in many ways when the player becomes as successful as Corbin Burns has. And of course, there's always a risk in those deals too, that the player doesn't become what you envision. Ken, who would be the next guy? In baseball, Bobby Witt was kind of the one everyone was looking at saying, oh, man, he's got to get an extension. Altuve, obviously. Is it a Bregman? Is it a Kyle Tucker? Is it who, – who would be the next face of a franchise to get an extension? And also, for the, as far as the Brewers go, they signed Christian Yelich and didn't have a problem with it. So they can do yeah. it if they want to. Christian Yelich was a little bit of a different situation, though, AJ. I don't remember exactly where he was service time-wise when they signed him. But you're right. They did sign him for $200 million plus. So that is a good example of how it can be done. Now, who is the next one? I mentioned Wheeler. I believe he is the next one. The one that, to me, is most interesting when you ask me off the top of my head is Pete Alonso. And the Mets do want to keep him. They at least have said that publicly. But he is another Boris client. Now, I don't expect him to sign an extension, but that's an interesting one going forward because there does seem to be mutual interest on both sides. But Pete Alonso is a first baseman. He's going into his 30s now, and first baseman in the market don't always do what we think they're going to do. Now, Freddie Freeman did quite well. Paul Goldschmidt did quite well. But these are not $200 million guys. They've been in the $150, $160 million range. So if Alonso wants 200 as he might, I don't know, then I don't know if that gets done. I don't know if it doesn't, but that's going to be a storyline all season long in New York. And if he goes out and hits 50 again, the story and the questions and all of the noise is going to get a whole lot louder.
Yeah, you can look at Aaron Judge's offseason from a couple years ago and have a little fun. I mean, I know it's not the Ooh. same player, but Ken, thank you for the time. Appreciate you as always. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. I mean, think about that. Mm, mm, mm. Fair mm. territory with Ken Rosenthal going over that Burns trade, the Dodgers Fan Fest from the weekend with some good sound running there, and we're about to talk to Max Muncy, the Giants open rotation spot, and Grill and Ken, which is my favorite seg, all the questions from you, the people, to Ken, and he answers them. So Max Muncy's going to join us in a sec, but pretty good timing to have David Stearns on. Mm-hmm. For real. I want to ask him about Alonzo. I want to ask him about Alvarez. You want to ask him about Buck? Well, we can. Why'd yeah, you fire Buck? <laughs> I actually got a lot of fan feedback yesterday saying they felt like they wanted to see Buck kind of manage through this next wave. But it's a GM managerial difference. Mm-hmm. The GM comes in or president of baseball ops, whatever you want to call it, and they want to have their own guy. Hey, Pakoda projections are out. So I know there's an influx of Mets fans watching coming off of the David Stearns chat. So let's see where Pakoda has um, baseball prospectus has the New York Mets. 83.6 wins, 78.4 losses. It's, you can't do that. You have to have just an even win. You can't have 0.6 wins. No. It's like having um, 1.3 Almost a 50% chance, though, seriously, of making the playoffs. For the New York Mets. So they've got Atlanta. That's a lock. Uh, Philadelphia in the mid-80s. They've got the Mets basically in the same spot as the Philadelphia Phillies. Mm, I don't love that. I don't think their pitching is good enough right now. Starting or relieving. I mean, I know Diaz is coming back. but mm-hmm. And their offense, honestly, they you know they should be good. Should be good. But Are you Mar- taking the under then? But Marte, Marte didn't do much last year. Lindor had a good year. Pete needs to have a big year. I don't know. It's it's eighty four wins. Eighty four is a, make the playoffs. Eighty four is a good. Well, the All thing right. is Atlanta, Philly. We've already went through this, right? One of the Centrals, Dodgers. There's four. You only got two. right, but there is a chance that there is a chance. Marlins made it last they year. Sneak in there. I know they're banged up and they're trading everyone away. I haven't signed. They've signed all those players. No Alcantara. <laughs> signed all. Miami is a curious case. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I'd take the over on the Washington fifty seven and. 57. I would I definitely too. take that. T- take the over on that. That was like, that to me is like the Arizona of last year when Arizona was like 68 or whatever. That was like the easiest one of all time. I agree. Not uh, way too low. You, I'd be interested to see where the Pakoda lines up, where, where bet MGM, where, where, where the numbers, where the over unders are, because it's pretty I don't, close. Usually. I mean, I can tell you, I would have to think it. the Phillies are going to win over 84 games. I would take on this. I would take the over with the Phillies. I would take the under with the Braves. I would take the under with the Mets. Not a lot. Under 100 for the Braves? Under 100. Under 100. I think they'll be a 99 win team. Because I think they're going to they're going to they're going to mitigate some of their they're going to they're going to like do the same thing they did last year. They're going to be way ahead in September and it's hard to get to 100 wins. It's hard. And they win 106. I have all the numbers for you now, okay? But MGM's got the Mets at 82 and a half, the Phillies at 89 and a half. Mm, it's a big difference. Five. Big difference. I mean, that's a huge difference. Like, where do they have the Nats? There's no way BetMGM has the Nats at – if it's 57, no, I'm taking No, obviously it. not. It's, like it's 66 and yeah, a half. Say 60, Much yeah, more difficult. They're not going to value them to lose 100 games. No. Now, Colorado? That's a little more realistic there. It might be on. That one might hit. Like, if you bet – you bet if they won exactly 58 games, how much would you win? 
I don't know. I mean, I, I don't have every answer for you, but come on, Scott, you're my dad. You I want to keep saying in the chat, your parenting. <laughs> I think that what Pakoda does is they kind of bring everything towards the middle. Does that make sense? Yeah. They're more conservative, so they'll they'll bring everything down. That's why you see so many teams in that like 80-ish range. So with me, Pakoda is often not far off, but they don't take risks. In my mind, from my own brain, just looking at things. Okay. I think the Padres end better. Numbers shrunk. If I were to say now, I'd say the Padres end better than the Giants this year. Okay. I can why? see either way, but also I think I the think Giants pa- might sign two more players. Yeah, that's to right now. Change yeah. your mind. The now, this one is the one time. that blows my mind. They got the Cardinals winning this division by big five games. Cardinals, they were awful last year. Cardinals are favored right now. Uh, they the were awful last year to win, the, awful to win the division. Yeah, but I mean, they have a good offense. Defense is not as bad as it looked last I year. I mean, the Brewers, I feel like, are at least a 500 team. I mean, twenty four percent. They made the playoffs five of the last six years. They what was the it? By nine, they won the division by nine games last year too. What was what was it before they? You know, is this before Burns was traded? That's that's another question that I would have. You guys like, buried the lead. The Reds at seventy eight wins. <laughs> They're winning more than seventy eight games. I'm sorry, the Reds are winning the division. In the Austin's at eighty. Baltimore 86 and a but half. But that's the shrinking. Everything comes what, together. You Costanza? Yes. Every- the water was cold. <laughs> shrinkage. <laughs> Let me turn the heat on in about, here. is all about shrinkage. It's like every team jumps in the pool and then comes out, and that's what Pocota spits out, okay? <laughs> it's in the pool. Uh, you like the Yankees to cruise past everyone else no, in the I East? Don't. I don't. No. That's why I said Baltimore 86? Yeah, but yeah, this I is guarantee what they you do. Ben MGM is a 90 at least. Ooh. For who? Baltimore? Baltimore. I'll get it for you. I bet they're 92 to 94. Okay, th- these are a little more realistic for me. I, I take Orioles 91 and a half okay. for Ben MGM. So Oakland, I would probably take the under 64 and a half. I mean, I'd probably say they're going to they're lose 100. They're going to lose 100. They're losing 100. So how do, they have, there, how do they have Oakland at 64 and the Nats? I think the Nats are not a 100, 100 lost team. How about the Rockies are as bad as the – and the payroll for the Rockies is way higher than the <laughs> athletics. A is 56 and a half. That's more realistic. For the over-under. Because they don't have, they don't even have a good bullpen. By the peeps that I follow. Mm. Exactly. I'm not touching that. I'm not touching 56. See, Can we get good. the AL Central? There we go. Look at this powerhouse division. Uh, White Sox. They, flip, they got the – Claude, when you did this, the wins are 96 and a half. Losses are 65 and a half. 62 and a half from BetMGM. Which, by the way, where's your red goatee? What? Oh, yeah. The White Sox. The, the agreement that you had. More games than the Red oh, Sox. Oh, we made it. We, me and the other person made a decision. He just, he, I told him I wasn't doing it and he didn't have a choice to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, word. Let, let's take, let's take this, the Tigers, right into our, our World Series odds seg. So, your bet MGM odds for the Detroit Tigers this coming season. We just saw Pakoda putting them in the 75 win range. This team entering last season was plus 20,000. And then by midseason, obviously, times were tough for Detroit. They actually finished strong and ended up in second place in the American League Central. Did you know that the Tigers finished in second? I pay attention. 78 wins? So tough division there, finished second, 78. Big difference though, heading into this year. Look, plus 6,600. They were plus 20,000 last year. 
don't again if you want to put money on the Tigers to win the World Series, just send it to me. <laughs> don't. I'm looking at the division though. Like like you said, like what's their division odds? Like I and and I guess anything's possible once you get once you win your division, but I don't think they're there yet. Are they there if they make a big free agent signing? Blake Snell comes in. They signed Blake Snell. He's there. I don't know who a big free agent signing was for the Tigers back in the day, but it's not the same, not the same Tigers anymore. But plus 3,000 for the division? I'd think about that. Wait, for the for the league or the division? For the Clark? American League or the Okay. Oh, that was a little for the high American for the League. Division. Yeah, yeah. That's too high for the division. It'd probably be like be plus plus five hundred. Nah, I was gonna say eight. I mean, I can get you the number yeah. if you'd By like. By the way, I just want to clarify, I will pay off my bet, so everybody stop being like, oh, a certain guy in the chat who's kind of a annoying a little bit. Always <laughs> like, oh, you don't pay off your bet? Typical AJ. Ready? Because <laughs> uh, he knows you? <laughs> yeah, we're so tight. We hang out every Friday. It's <laughs> hot it. right now. All right. Uh, That's why I won't use his name. For American I wonder League where you Central. are on Fridays. You want the Central? Minus 125 for the Twins. Mm-hmm. Tigers at plus 350. They have them oh, second. Second. Guardians plus 375. Royals plus 900. White Sox plus. That's a 4, team we 000. haven't really talked about at all. Who? The Guardians. They don't want us to talk about them. But they're going to they're gonna be decent. Oh, I like Even their both. young pitching. Uh, Gavin Williams. I like. Tanner, Tanner Bybee. I like. Logan Allen. I like. By the way, okay. True. I, I got to completely shift gears because we've had a kind of a brewer heavy day today. And I got to ask Kratz. Kratz, uh, did you ever hear this story? I wanted to ask Stearns or Quentin Berry. Is this a Tigers question? No, it has nothing to do well, with Well, can Tigers. I finish the Tigers seg oh, and then you can ask the question? Sure. Okay, let me just let me just do my, my little reader, okay? BetMGM is giving the online sportsbook customers the opportunity to win a grand prize of up to 58 grand if they predict the most big game prop bet questions correctly out of the eligible users. You can go to the promo tab on the BetMGM Sportsbook app and account holders who create an entry in that challenge have an opportunity to win up to $58,000 if they predict the most big game prop bet questions correctly out of the eligible users. Yes, there's a big game this Sunday. Gambling problem or concern? Call 1-800-GAMBLING. All right, go ahead. Okay, so I, I, I don't know. Kratz, it was, it was my, no, it was before Kratz was there. So they have spring training in Maryvale in Phoenix, okay? And the White Sox, when they had spring training still in Tucson, this is a long time ago then, used to have their instructional league in Maryvale. They'd share the complex with the Brewers. Well, one day, they're out there getting ready for just whatever, the game. High-speed car chase. Car comes through the left field wall. Crashes onto the field. Cops. Woo, woo, guns drawn. Arrest the guy on the on the field. He Not in the stadium. And like, there's like when you go into Maryville, there's like a minor league stadium, and then the stadium's got big stadiums over here. There's like this on the road. There's a, a field with a big fence. The guy woo, crashed through it into the field. He could have killed someone. I would, he could have, but he didn't. Thank God. Was there a left fielder out there? No, it was like during BP or oh, when okay. everyone was warming up. BP is actually scary. I know, but he didn't hit shagging. anybody. But wow. yeah, and then all the cops came out and were like, "Hey, get out of your car!" And the guy, they arrested the guy. Holy shit! Yeah, I don't know. This is before crash. Hey, so this, this had to be like 2008 ish, eight, seven, eight, nine. That's definitely before my time. But Maryville, Maryville's, you gotta, you gotta have some cred to be able to drive through Maryville and after night games. You know when that was? This wasn't I in the night. This was in the middle of the day. 
I'm saying Maryville's I can find out that I have text. There's some toughness in Maryville. There's definitely some tough toughness, but it's a good stadium. I always like going to Maryville. They always packed it pretty good. The firms are nice. They renovated it. You think the cops are like, all right, we got another one. We got a high speed chase. Trap them in the ballpark. Trap them <laughs> in the ballpark. No the one. Mi- not even in, it was in the minor league ballpark. It was during instructional league. No one is there. Yes. <laughs> Direct him to the ballpark. He'll Sorry. never know. He'll think that it's like a getaway into the forest. It's a ballpark. He's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Have him crash through the net in left field. Remember the big one field they had there with the big net? Yeah, to when save pull- the parking lot. Yeah, that's the one he went through. He went through the net onto the field. That's crazy. <laughs> trap him in the netting. Every stadium needs netting now. We'll trap <laughs> him in the netting. <laughs> Ballparks are like prisons uh, now. All right, uh, let's slap hands. Kratats hit it. My college hat. EMU Royals is Buck Showalter. Yeah, yeah, he's won that one for. Let us know. Yeah, I wore it. It's all it's all droopy. It's the one that we took the rusty, rusty surfing logo mm-hmm. and copyrighted it, John. Stole mm-hmm. it. Stole um, it. grade it. That one's pretty bad for me. That's a tough logo. I'm, I'm gonna grade it. I'll give it a D. The boys, yeah. Yeah. the boys in college no, are pissed. That's no, the no. current logo. They haven't refreshed that. Oh no, no, they refreshed it like the well, year after we left. It was hot. Yeah, the year we that's had fine. It. I don't feel bad hating on it. They got a better version now. Mm-hmm. What do you think that mm. hat grade is? Meh. D is a good grade. D. Thank you. Fair. D's passing. <laughs> Maybe in Orlando, not not in most parts. You can actually pass. You can pass with a D. You can. Really? I mean, you got to add pass some with D's, a D? D's in there. Yeah. Oh. And at um, Miami University. I'm not the. It'd be the other way. You got to get it right. I'm not the scholar in this. I know group. that's why I said I'll it. Tell you that. University. Exactly. Yeah, University of Miami. I did not go to Miami of Ohio. <laughs> Anything else? Did Did we have something we wanted to show? A little clip. Put a finger down if you're trying your darndest to get everybody ready for spring training, but your husband is being so annoying that you don't even want to go to spring training anymore. So while you're sitting there contemplating what it would be like if you didn't go to spring training, you realize that he would go by himself and have the time of his life. And he would go golfing every single day and get 10 hours of sleep at night and come back with like a perfect tan. And you would have to stay here. You know what I'm saying? So then you decide that you have to go to spring training because Lance is not going to get 10 hours of sleep without us. Right? Right. (laughs) She ain't wrong. (laughs) Lance Lynn's wife. She ain't wrong. We need a wives section on FT. We need a wives day. I'm here for it. I'm all about it. She ain't wrong. Listen, that was the best part about spring training. I go to Arizona. My kids are in school. Slept like a baby. Oh, every, oh, it's sleep at like eight, seven o'clock every night. Just, oh, could do it, you know, come home and days the team's on the road. Oh, you're sleeping, take a nap, like, you know, get some food, take a little nap, like one to three, get up, watch a little TV. Cause you know, 
Arizona time, all the stuff starts early. Yeah, you get to watch the games, right? Yeah, everything starts early. Go back, be back in bed by eight. Oh, it's fast. Wow. So, so now me and Lance's wife have something in common. I'm jealous of all you really good players that you got to do that. I spent spring training like this, like, <sighs> who's gonna? Somebody gonna? Somebody gonna cut me? Somebody? <laughs> okay, I'll play. I'll play all nine innings. You want me yeah. to play first too? Okay, great. I'll catch five innings and then I'll play first. You need me to throw BP too? That's great. So we all had different spring training experiences. Is there <laughs> a ninth inning? Is there a ninth inning? Training, training was like for me. I thought they stopped about. I thought they stopped at like the fifth or sixth. Sleeping. Nope. I was there at <laughs> six o'clock every morning. Panic. I can imagine I like bench coach coming through and you know it's like hours into spring training one of the days and Kratz is like, all right, posture, posture. I feel great. Kratz, what's the, what's the ninth inning like in spring training? Do they like what? sell? Do you shake hands after you win? Yeah, the end of games. Sorry, my earpiece oh. fell out. Yeah, yeah they oh. rip shots in the ninth. Ninety-three. I didn't know they had a ninth inning in spring training. <laughs> the last, the last three innings were usually thrown by ninety-three, ninety-six, and eighty-seven, and they all threw a billion. No wow. idea where it was going. Yep. Yeah. A lot of, uh, a lot of hit by pitches. Oh, those are the days. <laughs> hey, Thursday we've got pitching ninja and Josh Hader included on the guest list. So let's stay hot this week. All right. We'll see everyone Thursday.